that's my opinion. Let's hear your lesser ranking. Welcome to Five Fins. I'm sorry. Hello, world. Hel- let, let me redo that. <laughs> Hello out there. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Hello world. out there. Hello Am out I there. Again? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope everyone feels welcome. That's the perfect intro. We should leave that. that's, that's the that's intro. That's the best one we've done so far. That is probably. Welcome to Five Fins. Mm-hmm. This is uh, America's favorite fish podcast, according to uh, no one. Well, we can't. We don't know uh, that according because to, we've never gotten any feedback. It, 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 that's true because we're, you know what, and we've mentioned we're not an American-centric podcast. It's really all about. No, absolutely It's not. really all about the Scandinavian countries and specifically Finland. Um, yep. Uh, Great country. Shout out to. <laughs> Dark and cold, but. But what good. are you going to do? Um <laughs> Uh, so uh, hit us up at five fins mailbag at gmail dot com. That's p h i v e p h i n s mailbag at gmail dot com. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the March twenty twenty three uh, episode. We're we're here. Whoa! Whether Time we want to be or not, turns elastic. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's to? Say? It's all a construct. We are here to discuss a fish show that took place a long time ago, well, or somewhat a long time ago. But wow, it's a long it's time a long time ago. ago. Let's be real. That. Uh, but uh, we're over thirty. We're, we're allowed to say stuff we're, like that. It's we're old. It's all we're. It's the show's old. It's all old. <laughs> There's some contemporary. Uh, there are some contemporary fish issues to be uh, to be. Uh, discussed, right? Did you want to talk True. about the mes- or Mexico run? As some call them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, you watched all four shows, correct? Uh, does uh, does a bear shit in the woods, Dan? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he shits in the Pope's funny hat. Yeah. I. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that happened. I mean, look, uh, we could go into a whole thing. We don't do, we're not a current events fish podcast normally, but uh, it's kind of pretty great. Like I was thinking about, it's so amazing just to have this uh, Mexico run to happen in this period of time too, because there's just so little happening, not just in fish, but like in music in general. It's like such a dead period outside of like some random releases here and there, but it's, it's lots of releases. Yeah. Yeah it's we're beginning to get into like a little bit more of that but like uh it's nice to you know for fish also like for the you know you get the new year's run and then usually you're kind of waiting around so this is nice to get uh mexico and then we have the spring coming up but yeah definitely mexico run was amazing i liked the the second show a lot the welcome set was great but the uh the friday show probably my favorite top to bottom of all of them and then last night's uh or the you know as we're recording this which would have been the uh sunday night second set was probably i think maybe the best set that they played so bodes well for for another year of the of the pea fish um great that they are totally you're just watching guys who look like they are completely um, on a working vacation in Mexico, down to the way they're dressing on stage, just <laughs> like I think I texted you, like Jimmy Buffett would be like, "Man, these guys yeah. look sharp." Just, 
And, you know, they deserve it, too. I'm glad that they do this for themselves, that they find a way to get away, but also still play on that getaway (laughs) for the fans. (laughs) I support it. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's actually funny um, about the people who work for them thing, because I was thinking, like, Chris Carota's favorite set has to be that afternoon set. Hey, uh, yeah. who's doing the work for me tonight? The sun. (laughs) The sun. The sun's got set one. Cigar away. I don't really have to work with that. Um, but you know that is, I, I. That's when he sleeps. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and he finally, and sleeps. I actually like also really dig that about the Mexico run, but also when they do the festival ones, the festival sets in the sunlight where you'd see yeah. them without the lights. Obviously, the lights are such a huge part of it. It is sort of almost like they're missing that fifth band member, but you just watching them and. Last, uh, yeah, the the night the you know the Sunday night show they just played was like so it was so dialed in and it was it was really well played and it, like the David Bowie and all that stuff and it was like wow this is kind of like their you know you're actually just watching them play without any of the theatricality you're watching like four guys in Hawaiian shirts <laughs> <laughs> just like play they're great at it as we're going to uh, eventually discuss. In terms of like the band kind of warming up and coming back together, I thought I was like, you know, it's like it's funny going back to this 2010 show because uh, that that feels like what it is with them coming back and uh, coming back from the hiatus and uh, and or the breakup, the outright breakup. What am I to say <laughs> when they came back yeah. in 2009? And so, um, yeah, it's funny just to to hear uh, hear these shows. <laughs> Uh, it, at least for me, uh, just having done this these webcasts and then having like also gone back to these before and after it, um, and yeah, it's uh, I don't know, you know, I'm I'm sort of interested to talk about 2010. We haven't talked about a year yeah. before we saw them, but after they had got back together, which is o- only 2009 and 2010. Right. So this is like one of the years where. Neither one of us were like dialed into it, but it they were back. Yeah, well, know? yeah, let me hit you with my sneak attack right away here then. Mm. Sneak attack. Ooh, God, my gets better, better every, every time. time. Speaking of not being dialed into the band Whoa. yet, there was a person. Do you remember the, we'll just do the first name of the person who um, showed me a 2010 show that kind of got me going? with fish a little bit more after you had shown me carlos no really no no yeah isn't that surprising yeah yeah who is that the sneak attack is the is the the first name i and i oh yeah okay not carlos but a shout out to carlos it was our yeah yeah absolutely shout out to carlos it was our it was our friend to josh c oh okay okay he turned me on to the utica show because I think he might have attended that. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Right. There was the um. Right. The the one they really ended up releasing. Gaiutica. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And here's here's a interesting question about uh 2010. An interesting comparison that I I kind of stumbled upon, and I'm sure I'm wrong about. But does it kind of feel like during this show that the um orchestrated segments are a little bit better like the uh you know what i'm saying like the uh now or or like 
Yes. Like, are they are they better at like doing the composed sections in 2010 than they are now? I mean, yeah, probably. I would say, you know, in some ways, also they they were they played the one of the things is they were playing so up tempo. So sometimes even right. when a, like Trey fucks up or one of them, like it moves along faster where now sometimes some of the rhythms drag. So if they don't nail it, it you feel it a lot worse. You know what I mean? It's like you, you sit in it. Yeah. Longer. Which is in, it's in, it's super interesting. Right. Because I think we would both agree that the jamming now is far superior. I, yeah. Yes, even though we won't yes, get into that. Correct. But, um, Seconded. Yeah. It's so <laughs> bizarre to me to think. To think of that thing where, like, the composed section sounds a little bit better, but the jamming. But then again, that is also my, uh, um, that is my, like, entire belief system about Fish for the most part, right? Because I'm like, Fish is the best they've ever been. Yeah, so so that caught you by surprise, though, coming back to 2010. Like, that that was something that... It did. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, it did to me, too, in a way... Because uh, it was funny because I hadn't put a lot of stock in this period, like 2009 or 2010. And, right. and honestly, like outside of the uh, Do the Drop Dairy. show that we saw, our first show, <laughs> um, I hadn't, you know, I, like I listened to some 2011 stuff. It, for me, it really starts to, uh, I think that the band begins to change a lot during the summer of 2013 and then it culminates in the fall of 2013 and yeah. i think uh you know we yeah we we were able to sort of see that <laughs> the other drop glenn's falls <laughs> yeah we were <clears throat> but yeah even all the way through that like uh you know with uh with the silent third podcaster too we were able to see the whole arc of yeah. that change and that's something that you know feels a little bit almost for granted now considering how great they are at jamming especially coming out like just having seen these shows i'm like you know man if they had played like you know they play spoiler alert a little bit i guess (laughs) i think they play stash in this show and i'm like i i like it but it's like if if it's like if they had done the version they just played like (laughs) two nights ago or three nights ago whatever (laughs) it was like it's just like the whole place would just be like losing their minds collectively and there would be a lot of <laughs> a lot of st- a stuff lot of candy on the ground <laughs> just being yeah. consumed and you wouldn't even need candy because it would be the natural candy. <laughs> yeah. natural sugar high or as i call it the john candy <laughs> polka 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 um just you know hearing these shows back it was funny because you can get um i think what you were kind of saying before about uh the the energetic nature of the band like landing with the composed sections and the really tight parts and then when there's the jamming parts you're like oh you know you can you can feel the gap i think between then and now and before we got into today's show i wanted to bring this up because i was thinking about this and i was like i thought about it a bunch of times and i was like i'm pretty sure this is true and it makes me <laughs> very sad to say in some ways <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong right but uh, i'm not great at math but like these shows so it's 2023 now right so it, we're talking about a show from 2010 yep. 
you know, granted it's early on, it's not um, July yet, but so these shows were the same distance from now as this show was from 1997. Oh my god! And when you think about that, you're like, well, I think about I'm old. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> you did get number one. <laughs> correct. That's you. If this were Jeopardy, <laughs> that's the correct response. <laughs> um, but also, you just—it just makes me think. Like we think about 1997 as like a totally different era. But I'm like, well, this was as far away from that. So now, technically, this is like 2010 is a different era, and it is. You know, I mean, it, you can hear in the show how different it is from the way that they play now, the way they construct sets now. Um, and it's kind of a weird experience to go back to this, but on the other hand, it's also a very enjoyable and energetic fish show. So, you know, yes. um, so I don't know. What do you say, Dan? Let's, you want to play five fins? <laughs> I want to play. So I want to play so bad. <laughs> okay. So when we come back, we are going to play five fins. Stay tuned for more. Where's my dice? Did I leave my dice? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know dice are quiet. Five fins. We are back to discuss the fish performance that took place on July second of twenty ten. Dan, what were what were we up to July second of twenty ten? Uh, we I would have been remember. not working at the Renaissance Fair. Not yet. We would we would have no, been it would've, back yeah, home. It been before that. It I been wonder like, I may have no, I would have been back home as well. I actually, you know what? Is I would have just been getting into fish, right? This would have been because yeah, 2010 is when I went down way. to your place for your birthday, and then that is when you gave me 13. Actually, <laughs> 13? so this would have been like literally like <laughs> a couple, balls. like a month after me getting really into fish. Yeah, I didn't actually. Um... That's fine. Uh, I just asked it th- as a joke, but I think you're right. This probably wasn't exactly <laughs> around the time that we were like actually getting into them because how serendipitous. Yeah, like you know, because I ha- I yeah, I was into them. This this I was gonna we were gonna save for the podcast we'll do about that show that took place the year after this and actually talk about our full whole thing getting into the band. But but the. Yeah, it was. It had to be around there because you That's were crazy. you were sort of aware, and yeah, we were just getting. Yeah, and it would have been. Yeah, it would have been right around that time that we were. Yeah. I left your place, and then, uh, man, that was a great drive home. 
just yeah. being like, holy crap. I think I texted you too immediately after I got back where I was like, dude, this is this is amazing. Yeah, you were with Livefish 13, right? Was it? Yes. Yeah, because yeah. I remember you were very taken by that. And uh, I think that, that kind of hooked you. As they say. So, yeah, there you go. Like uh, That was the intro segment. You look for <laughs> That's the second intro. That's the encore of the intro segment of uh, of this show. Um, we were not in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. By the way, they played another place called Verizon Wireless something or other. That's like fantastic. Three shows later, and I was looking up stats for the show, and I was like, yeah, That's I just thought of year, a, a big year for Verizon wireless related. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, thought of something else, actually. I just thought of something else. Do you know where I probably was on July 2nd of that year? I was probably in New York because I was probably going to go see Dave Matthews just like a couple days after this show with Silent Third Pack. The, well, uh, with was that silent on July podcast. 4th? Wasn't that on like July 7th or 8th or something like that? And oh, I think okay. I spent like the whole week there. So wow, I was probably sleeping on someone's couch yeah. on a silent <laughs> podcaster Mike's couch like that. What? Oh, man, that's crazy. All these connections all of a sudden. We got to get yeah, to the show. You think I, back I'm going to keep thinking of stuff. Oh, man. I know. You think back to like at this point we, we have, you know, when we were talking about shows from 1994, <laughs> the, you know, the memory is a little, a little hazy, but <laughs> when you get to 20, I mean, this one's hazy too, but like, yeah, it's a little hazy, but it, for a different reason. Um, uh, uh, but nevertheless, let's get in the time machine. We're in, we're at, uh, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've never been to Charlotte, North Carolina. What about you? You've been there. I've been to the Charlotte? airport. Airport. Been to the airport, and I, I spent one the night there when I've I was younger because uh, I couldn't. Fl- we couldn't fly out. There was like a storm or something because I guess it does that all the time. Oh yeah, Joe lives near Charlotte. <laughs> yes, yeah. There you go. Shout out to another shout connection. Out to a friend, a friend, a friend of the pod, Joe. Um, anywho, he lives near Charlotte or in Charlotte? Near Charlotte. Near. Charlotte. I might. I'm probably yeah. wrong, Good but. <laughs> He was not there in 2010, presumably. But presumably not. Um, <laughs> we open today's show with the fish song, Buried Alive. Well, bam, 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 bam. Um, this is the only version that was performed in 2010. Wow, which is this used to, to be a rarity. Um, it, yeah, it's uh, surprising wow. to, to so hear old. that. Um, you know, Buried Alive is sort of an, it, the only way I can say it's interesting is I'm always interested in when they decide to do it and why, because it seems <laughs> like the most, um, you know, I just saw the New Year shows last year the, in, in the 28th, they opened with Buried Alive. And it always feels to me like that's just a show they can do with that. That's just an opener they can do for a show without kind of thinking about doing anything else. Yeah. Um, I like the song. It's kind of like an evil blues, like a weird right. dissonant blues. Um, I'm not sure if we've talked about it before, and I'm not I sure if we're yeah. in, in, in future versions. I'm going to say that again because I'm not probably going to keep track, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, Buried Alive, um, I liked it a lot. And this is what you call a song that is absolutely mm-hmm. cruising at 80 miles an hour down the down the highway for an automatic <laughs> four. And that's what yes, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> it hit the the radar gun, hit that thing, and it said, no, placement <laughs> patrol appropriate, uh, speed appropriate, the, the automatic four. No ticket necessary. 
Yeah. I really do like this song. I think it's a great, like, uh, like you said, where it's just, you know, it's a song they can put somewhere where they don't really have to think about what's going on. But it's a great warm-up song for everyone, too. Like, you can get your legs moving and stuff and kind of, like, bounce around a little bit. Then it, like, helps you realize, like, I am at a fish show, just in case you've had too much candy and you need to be reminded. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's like a really good grounding. Yeah, it just grounds you right away. Uh, Not to be confused with the actual one, but it just grounds you. um, (laughs) And you're just, you're ready to go. It's a great pick-me-up song. And I think it fits really well with the next song, which is not, I wouldn't say the next song is an auto four, but I think it has the potential to be. Yeah, so the next track is ACDC Bag. We're getting the show on the road. Yes. Um, A very common uh 3.0 slash 4.0 slash f the point oh system <laughs> post breakup uh song uh in the one or two slot um this is in the two slot here i like this this is the fourth version out of 10 they've done they did in 2010 um the only thing i had to add with this i i, I went with like you said potential definitely potential out of four yeah, I yeah. went with four point one only because I liked a little bit of the Trey guitar stuff and nice. and going back to the, this is a very fiery show that that warrants good stuff with the composed type of song. This is one that I think benefits from that, and uh, it kind of goes. Uh, Trey does a nice little uh, transition from being uh, sort of sounding a little bit like smaller and comple- compressed sort of in a way right. not compressor but like and, and then coming out of that into this like huge kind of fiery uh, flurry of notes Landed it for me. Other than that, not not a ton to say, but uh, yeah, get, uh, solid in the two slot uh, here. Coming set one, so uh, bag. I gave four point one. What'd you rate bag, Dan? I gave it a four point five because I am um, exuberant about <laughs> and this. An adult. Um, <laughs> um, the it's a it's a bit of a slow bag, which as you know, is my preferred uh-huh. bag. I, yeah. I don't like chasing bags. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I prefer a bag that is placed in a area where I can get to it. You know, I like I like packing my bags the day the night before. You know, I'm not trying to rush to do anything. Yeah. So a big bag guy in general. Yeah. yeah. I, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, it's I I also love how it sounds coming out of buried alive. Like it's just a really nice combo, and it is kind of like a okay now everyone is in side that was outside that like might not have gotten all the way in yet because it's not just fish who's who's just back from the hiatus you know what i mean like it's it's all of the people that were weren't working the last time fish was there so they're trying to figure stuff out you know what i mean like we were at hershey and that was the same thing where it's like you know they need a night most most places need a night or two to adjust to like what's going on and how um intense it was and i can only imagine what it would be like working on uh, Fish's, like, second tour back from hiatus. Like, whew, must have been 
Yeah, a getting lot, the show back on the road, you know. Yes, and uh, yeah, yeah. That that that's that's a pretty solid point. I mean, it's it's an interesting. Um, yeah, it's it. There's nothing super special about it. I mean, I th- I think. Yeah, we're getting a very. It's a very high energy start, and uh, I think it's that such that a 2010 show, right? Like, yeah. And yeah. the next song is spent too, you know what I mean? Like the next song really is like the epitome of that sound too. Yeah, so I'm eager, of course, to get to our next uh-huh. track, which is Vultures. Yes. <laughs> which is why I picked uh, the show, by the way. That was Okay. I'm yep. glad to hear that because uh I I was interested in why, you know, I'll yeah. be honest on that. And then it was like, okay, I think this might be potentially the reason but i wasn't 100 yeah. percent sure because I, um, I picked it back when like we were first getting this thing going and you gave uh one of the shows you did that you picked had a vultures in it and i you know listening back to uh fish i was like man vultures is freaking great like i love vultures so much and so then i just went like looking all over the place for a show that had this song in it and this is one that i landed on so that was forever ago, and then I decided I would pick 2010 for this next round of show and uh, remembered this show, and I was like, oh, man, yeah, let's do Vultures. I gave it uh, a five, by the way, just <laughs> to get that right out of the way. Just kidding. That's, that's fantastic, though. I appreciate that because, yeah, I I'm a huge fan of this song. I think it's potentially my third favorite fish song and that it's a yeah. Terry Hood Reba than this. If I, I haven't actually like ranked them, but if I those three <laughs> I feel like I have in my mind. Um I, I I'm I'm the thing about uh vultures that I've always found very uh first of all I just like the song, I like the construction of the song, I like the lyrics. <laughs> how fast yeah. the lyrics are like that's in 12 8 time and there's a lot of things i like about it but one of the things too is that like it seems very hard for them to perform like in all eras you know <laughs> beginning <laughs> when they first wrote it all the way through now it seems like a sun that's really hard to to get through it's um, a mouthful it's a lot. It's a yeah. There's a lot of lyrics and there's there's a lot Bunch. of timing stuff to get through. Yeah, it, it it feels like just a lot. And I think you know I respond to that. It has a pretty consistently great jam, even though it's not a type two or very exploratory in a lot of ways. But it's it just the fact that it has you know this much in it just as a song and then they also of course feel the need to bring that into the you know jamming and and really going as deep as possible i always appreciate so uh this is a really great i think uh period to hear this song in too based on what we were saying before about the jamming being very tight and the band playing really up tempo so i am a huge fan of this you said you gave it a five i of course did as well yeah Um, and uh yeah oh shit i just knocked my chair over in excitement (laughs) (laughs) actually it was leaning over to right five on my chair hell yeah 
I would be disappointed yes. if you didn't give it a five. That, this is like the first time that I was like, I, I think I'm going to match it. I think, I think we got it. No, you you definitely got it, and uh, yeah, I, I I just think it's one of those where it's too it's not it's definitely also if we're talking about the concept of like extra fins, you know, um, I was really stingy in this show, and I'm curious if you were as well. But something like yeah. this feels like it's very five out of five, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. and that's okay, you know, it's not something Absolutely. that's that's going above and beyond but it's reaching exactly what what you want especially this early in the set i think this is a great placement for it and i am just a yeah i'm just a huge huge fan of the song (laughs) and its work (laughs) so i uh yeah i think we're pretty much in agreement on that um which is fantastic curious to see if this continues our next track is wolfman's brother (laughs) (laughs) insert the shirley temple giggling gift right here Shirley temple dan what did you rank wolfman's oh by the way uh this is the fourth version out of 13 that they would play in 2010 dan what did you rank wolfman's brother i of course gave wolfman's brother a five um my reasoning is the uh, first reason is Mike Gordon. Um, his ability in this, <laughs> like his sound in this song is amazing. His, like the, the early 3.0 Mike Gordon sound too on these types of songs is just great. It's a uh, Darian drop <laughs> and uh, it, it comes real close. They think about type two. And this is one of the things I think I love the, like uh, the most about Wolfman's is that like, Anytime that you hear this song, like even when they don't go type two and and Wolfman's is always shorter than it feels right. Like, which is a really neat thing is like, if you hear a 10 minute version of Wolfman, it sounds, it feels 14 minutes. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) And I think it's because they just flirt with the type two sound. No matter like the whole time that anytime you hear Wolfman's, there's a moment where you're like, Oh, 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 are we going to type two? But they pull it back. They reel you in. And then they say, it's a wolfman's brother. <laughs> um, so yeah, I gave it a five. It's uh, one of my favorite songs. And uh, that's, uh, that's my opinion. Let's hear your lesser <laughs> ranking. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you call a great transition in the, in the uh, audio business. <laughs> Um, I, 
<laughs> Ooh, Ooh, yeah. I mean, oh, okay. No. So don't you don't you dare. I went with the three point seven. Um, <gasps> here, here's my reasoning on this: is that uh, something like we talked about with the uh, the be- e- e- vultures. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> something we if you've got something a, we talked if you've about. Got a cabbage. If you've got a rotten cabbage, throw it now. <laughs> Um, and if you have a cabbage emoji, please send it to us at fivefinsmailbag at gmail.com. Yeah, so P-H-I-V-E-P-H-I-N-S mailbag <laughs> at gmail.com. I think the so the beginning of this set where you have the buried alive bag vultures, it's very high energy. And I think um, the, the first two, but especially the third song, especially with vultures, it feels like it kind of crests on um, a song that, doesn't really have a lot of jamming but works a lot with the high energy concept and when they started started playing Wolfman's I was excited about it but I just feel like this didn't really live up to a lot of expectation it felt just sort of like very um straightforward and sort of I I feel like a lot of this uh first set this this piece of the first set um just didn't didn't do it for me uh, this middle section it just sort of feels like like even though it's like in some ways it's okay and it's still fish and it's good um, but good is a three right <laughs> no like a little bit better than that <laughs> it's not very good or great or beyond great it's just sort of good um, and I don't even know what that means <laughs> well I would look up the like you know can, I can like you be real though like 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 Man. would you look up would you if it was like you weren't just thinking I'm gonna listen to some fish today like would you dial mm-hmm. up like this middle part of this first set no like... but but well well no but so <laughs> I mean you know it's there's the there's the nostalgia factor and like look you know it's not we've seen like the the some of the best versions of Wolfman's which is you know, it's tainting. And I almost gave it less than a five when I was doing it because I was like, you know, I've seen uh, some better versions of Wolfman's uh, and uh, like Wolfman's is like a big one where you can get some crazy jams. But then I was like, you know what? No, I'm giving it a five. I'm going to I'm going to do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't agree. I mean, I, I think the thing about it is that they're just, you know, a song like Wolfman's has to be like, I guess for me, it was like I wanted it to be if it's going to be 2010 and we're rating it on that scale. I wanted it to be like super, super high energy, like crazy. And it gets to that a little bit, but not enough. Like it, it almost I, I would have preferred if it almost got like Agzilla level crazy or something, mm. <laughs> you know, um, because if it's not going to be like a super funky thing that leads into some other kind of crazy jam, then oh, like, darn. you know, yeah, then, uh, you know, or or just or just I don't know. I think you kind of feel it with a song like this. And for me, it was like not getting there. Um Ooh, What's really not getting there rough, is oh, our next track. <laughs> no way! What? All right, go ahead. You can start because I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Oh, what? All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go okay. Ahead. <laughs> you want me to start? Okay, Jesus. that's not good. Yeah, well, because then um, we can we can end on a happier note. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better after that get period. Better. And, um, 
but uh, How low as it stands, our next go? track is Back on the Train. Um, chugga, chugga, choo, choo. Um, oh, no. I didn't like, uh, I didn't really like the performance. I didn't like the placement. <sighs> and I don't really, like, I like this song, Back on the Train. And that's about all that I like about this happening. Is like, I just don't. I don't I don't really like this that much. It feels very tacked on to me. Like this this um even even the Wolfman's feels more inspired than this, but this just feels kind of tacked on and a little bit Oh my god. I don't know. Just sort of like like is it below a three and a half? It's I gave it a two and a half. <laughs> <gasps> um I don't know if if I can't give like a two and a what? half to a twenty ten mid set first set back on the train. The I don't know what I can of give our it. show. Wow! I just feel like it's I you know cut that part so I don't sound like a complete <laughs> idiot. Leave it in and leave in the part where I say cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> but I I I don't know I I wish I. I don't know. It also has like they they screw up the ending too. <laughs> yeah. It, I, yeah, I don't know. It's it Trey's kind of doing the beginning is it the whale call effect? Mm-hmm. The whammy thing. Um mm-hmm. and I just Daddy think like I, <laughs> There's times I feel like uh, back on the train works because you can kind of come out of a big jam and do something. This to me feels like um, it just feels like not a great usage of Fish's strengths as a band in some ways. Like it feels very like I feel like there's a lot of bands that could do stuff like this. So it's not necessarily to say this is like terrible, but this is about as half as good as like Fish could get to me. Uh, so that's that's where I'm at. So sorry about that. <laughs> but wow. that's where we are. Wow. All right. Well, here's the opposite take from Kev. Um, I gave back on the train six fins because wow. i thought it was the most enjoyable song in the set um wow. there is a crazy peak that happens around the eight ten mark uh ish i thought it was a fantastic peak look it's it's always solid in 3.0 through the entirety of 3.0 it's an, a solid song um it's not a new song it is not on joy like i uh, have probably said in the podcast multiple times um <laughs> but it is an old song which is something that i didn't know but it's on farmhouse right isn't it on farmhouse it is yeah well yeah. see that's always a surprise to me so that i give it i gotta give it an extra thing just to always because of how it always surprises me it's a country song you know what i mean and I, i'm i'm digging the country music right now so that probably yeah. played into it a little bit as well This version wanted to go type two so bad, but you know who I think said no is John Fishman. I think John Fishman didn't want to go type two in this specific version. But I I loved this one so much. Like it's just like Trey is just. I mean, he's not. Hmm. 
killing it, killing it in 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 ways. But it's like a it's such a fun 3.0 sound, and and I know that maybe there is another song coming up later that could have taken the uh, Mount Finculus uh, prize. But but I just want I wanted to do it for this one. I wanted back on the train. I am I am devastated at that at your score that. But you know that's why we do the show so that everyone can see just how different two people's <laughs> opinions about fish songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly that too. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying about um, you're in. You've been into the <laughs> country, both mu- types of yeah, music, yeah. country and western, recently. Yes. So the only two, something like this helps. You know, kind of. You know, the, yeah, it kind of, it kind of works for you right now i just for me i don't know i mean the thing with like fishman not wanting to jam i mean it's not really a song that naturally wants to become a great jam and they have done some versions of it but like it's very straight which is fine but i just feel like at a certain point i i don't like kind of late period uh first set like i this feels to me like this song like should be done within the first four <laughs> of a fish show. <laughs> and I love it in there in that slot. It's if it's well five. played. Yeah, I guess. it's uh, Yeah. Okay. I guess that's true, but it just it's feels, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't. Yeah. It's like, we should be heading. You are towards off the train. Something. Is that what you're saying? That you are not. I'm not on the train. Are, I did not get train. back on the train. Yeah. I got off the train. and I didn't get back on. <laughs> <laughs> for this one i just feel like if you, you should be heading towards something at this point of a first set and not doing a whammy solo <laughs> on back on the train <laughs> for 10 minutes it's also like it's funny to be it's funny to like how sometimes like i don't know there's a piece of me sometimes that's a little bit like when i hear something like this i'm like this is the kind of thing maybe people think fish or jam bands sound like all the time is this kind of like look at me i'm on the train and then a three chord rock solo and it just feels a little lame but like i i don't i'm saying all of this and i actually don't mind the song i've played the song live before you know what i'm probably super tainted because of the country stuff right now but yeah I'm also sort of in the opposite way because i think coming back to shows like this this is the part that I'm a little wary of is when it when you hit these kind of like very songy songs and I realize like, oh right, yeah, back in the day like having a few jam highlights in a show meant the show was really good. <laughs> and now we are blessed, of course, with this cornucopia it, of all kinds it, of great know, jams. But it, it is kind know. of like um not Dark Star, but the band who played Dark Star, the Grateful Dead, this era. You know what I mean? Like where <laughs> A dead show is like back on the train is like dark star. Yeah, well, don't get me started. Um, (laughs) I will edit you. It it (laughs) it just comes out of back back on the train is like the El Paso of dark star. You know what I mean? Like it just comes out of nowhere. You don't see it. I can get I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Back on the train being the El Paso of fish. Yes. Oh well, you know. I mean, El Paso is a great song though. See, this is this is where this is another one. Um, but so the thing is. That, like, yeah, but it's fine for what it this, is. But like, I don't think this is like actually Marty Robbins' great. best song. I agree. 
Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> uh, the thing that 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 uh, is fun, uh, interesting, and fun about well, more interesting than fun for the most part because we have fish now. But um, the early two thousand nine, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Um, and then I, as you said, like 2013 kind of, it starts shifting a little bit is that fish is doing like, you know, seven song, seven minute songs for every song. Um, and then like two or three jams a night that are only like 13 minutes long, uh, which is very similar to the dead in a way, you know what I mean? Where like other than, uh, drums in space or, uh, and like further even um, where it's like, you know, you get two great sets of songs that everyone likes, including songs about trains. And um, <laughs> they're all like six and a half to eight minutes long. And then one of them is 12 minutes long, but it's just always so much fun. Now they play all songs at least seven minutes long, but there is also like two 25 minute jams each night. So, ooh. Yeah, it it, uh, it changed into more like a like a uh, their second sets now are more like Grateful Dead nineteen seventy after the acoustic set like when it's gonna yeah. be crazy stuff or something. Yeah, a little it's bit. Like Dark I mean, Star. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I don't like the thing with twenty ten. I don't know about if I totally agree though because I think twenty ten. Like when I was listening to this, I'm like the the difference is kind of that they would have just played a few of these songs longer. And then, you know, it it just would have been a little less songy because it's not like they sound bad. Like even on Back on the Train, even though I'm giving it a low rate rating, like it's just because to me it's like uh, a filler. Like like it's just like as good as it is, it's just sort of like they could play this for 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes if they wanted to. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, it's it's fine, but I think you know in terms of like other stuff they're gonna get to, at least you know, and and we can go on a little bit here. So the next track is um, mm-hmm. the wedge. This is the first version out of four they would do in twenty ten. Oh and boy! For the wedge, I go with an automatic four on this. Okay. Okay. Um, I and I go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. You, what's your rank? I, for? I, I gave it a four point two, and my argument is that it is an auto. Uh, it's a new phrase here, an auto more than four, because it's not really an auto <laughs> four. You know what I mean? Like it's just such a good song. I don't know like, what you. I don't know. I how I, can, uh, but there's pyramids and uh, limestone blocks, and <laughs> it's, it's like such a fun beat. And like now, it see, could now, be an see, auto we're four, doing but, different like, things. Just give me here, a though. couple You're more rating. points. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're doing different things here, though. Like, if you're like the the we're rating the performance, the difference mm-hmm. between the performance and the song. Like the song, like back on the train, the song I have no problems with. Back on the train for ten minutes in the middle of a first set that I feel like is like losing a little bit of inspiration. <laughs> not super into <laughs> that they don't even nail the ending. Not super into that. Like something like uh, the wedge. I I. I don't think of auto four as a criticism in a sense that what I, for me, auto four is like, they always make this song pretty good. And, and no matter what era they're in and like, no matter where they play it, but I don't want to be like, Oh, this is 4.2. This is 3.7. Like, 
It's a, like well, it's right around there. It's right around that range. <laughs> that's my. That's why that's you have it. more fins saved up than I do. <laughs> but I'm not even keeping the auto four one. <laughs> <laughs> no um, comment. But yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, and, I wonder and, if you did the the auto four for the next one. Did you? Um. I mean, I I didn't do it for the next one, but there's definitely going to be ones. This. In the future, <laughs> this is why we make up the rules on the spot. Yeah, all this the is time. why we make because it up because this is why we have the show, people. Because these are the conversations that you will hear between two <laughs> fish fans, between two people, one well, who listens to a lot more than the other. <laughs> well, to, the auto four idea to me is like I don't want to have to rate a, a bunch of different versions of songs that are all like within the song that are all kind of the same. But stuff like, so our next track is Mexican Cousin. I mean, yes, in some ways, technically, <laughs> you know, you could say, how can you rate this above? Like, you're saying it's... Yes. So was, did this give you... You were you gave an automatic four to this, to yes. this song? Yes. It's a good song, though. It's really fun. Did they play Mexican <laughs> Cousin in Mexico? They didn't do it. it which I was thinking about it. I was like, it's weird we're coming off the Mexico run and they didn't do Mexican Cousin. I but, kiss your <laughs> but to me, it's like, okay, I gave it a five. And the reason is because, you, you know, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've heard a lot less versions. Maybe part of it is I've heard a lot less versions of Mexican Cousin than The Wedge, let's be honest. That's fair. But also, like, you know, it it feels it's rarer it's a funny song it's fun to listen to like i think for me like a song like the wedge i i like it a lot in the context of the show maybe that's a good way to engage the automatic four is like it flows within the within the context of the show but i don't feel it's not like it doesn't pop out or it doesn't drag it just sort of feels like it mm. it exists and it's fine in that context My my gauging of the auto four is just it's it's a very biased version of of gauging i guess you could say so like do i like the song a lot well, i'm gonna give it more than four <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you automatically give it a six point yes seven. yeah i i don't know and like that's um this I, is our I, first I, but mexican, mexican cousin, cousin yeah, yeah, Mexican cousin is fun, it, and it's a great. It, I was thinking, is it the first one, or did we do one in for? Oh. I thought that 2017 show might have had a Mexican cousin in it. Weirdly, that would be bizarre. Um, but which would be funny if we hit it that that much, you know? <laughs> um, there actually were two in this year, and this was the first one. Um, to me, it's like you know, this one's really funny because I, you know, coming off the Mexico run, but also. I don't know. I we're gonna get a bust out in the second set, a huge bust out, and this is kind Ooh. of a minor bust out. And I know which had... one it is, right? Is it? Yeah, and so Sick. I'm assuming. You. And so you know, having Mexican cousin in the first set is is fun. I I like this song a lot too. The kind of like it, it has a very like college party vibe <laughs> to the it lyrics does. in a way that's sort of like um, uh, you know, I'm awful sorry you got pissed to cross you off the list of my two friends which in tequila's where that starts and where it ends <laughs> and it's just very like you have to tell me what is it uh you have, having to tell you about the things that happened last night 
They definitely did it a few of the Mexi- the first Mexico run and maybe a couple of the other ones. So it is um, Joe Namath's. It, it is Joe Namath's second favorite fish song. The first uh, being Susie Greenberg, but uh, because he wants to kiss you, Susie. But this one he wants to kiss <laughs> you, so it's he wants to kiss a Mexican cousin. It's his second favorite fish song. Yeah, <laughs> friend of the pod, uh, Joe Namath. He couldn't care less about back on the train struggling. <laughs> Um, I, I really like, I just like, again, I don't know with the ranking stuff, like, I'm not going to lie, like stuff like the wedge. I heard it like after a couple of times listening to the show, I'm like, I'd rather hear Mexican cousin just because, you know, like, I don't know. It's like a rare song that I haven't heard as much. So There's no it's not, in- and you know, the guitar performances again from Trey and the wedge are, are great. Um, but so good. I feel like that's that's I, I don't know. I, I still have a sense that if we're talking about this show, you know, outside of the context of going song by song, it'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember that one where they do Mexican cousin in the first set and then something else in the second <laughs> set. We'll get to. So that's kind of where I went with that. Wait, what did you, so you gave the wedge, what did you give the wedge? I gave the wedge a 4.2. Oh, so you, you gave it point, I mean, it's not like that. Uh, that's the point two, so that's a whole fifth better. more, Kev, that's a whole fifth more. <laughs> and you gave Mexican Cousin? A foe. A four, okay. Our next track is mm, Stash. I did, I did not give Stash a four. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's very kind of you. Um, <laughs> I liked uh, I liked Stash a lot. Um, again, this is where the fin rating thing. I know that this is going to cause a problem with you, but we oh, have no. to discuss these things uh, within relative ratings. So you know, for me, giving Mexican Cousin a five is just saying, uh-huh. hey, they played Mexican Cousin. It was fun. It was a good placement. Stash is a song that has a very varying. Uh, level of 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 rating, and that's to its credit. There's stashes that should be more than five. There's stashes that probably should be less than four. I went with a four point three on stash. I liked this a lot. Um, it had a really good uh, jam for the time period. Um, pretty solid jamming. Very energetic. Um, actually. Had a lot of very uh, people used to describe that as patient jamming. Had a lot of that. I I felt like Trey is uh, beginning in this stage to kind of come to the style that he's going to end up with now that is more reliant on listening to the other three guys and sort of uh, not just sort of charging forward with ideas and sort of leading the jam. Uh, But then when he does sort of take the reins, you can feel that. But yeah, I, I, I really appreciated that about it. It feels like it's a little bit, a tiny bit, 
uh, going ahead of its time, but also when he sort of takes over towards the end of it, you feel like it is of this early comeback period, which is very Trey heavy, Trey led. The band's really playing really fast. Um, I mean, just, you know, the heights that this song can reach and has reached, you know, two days ago <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and in the, in its past performances, I'm hesitant to get too crazy about this, but I was like, this definitely for me feels like the sort of, yeah, it feels like one of the better jamming moments of the, of the set. So I'm with 4.3 on, on the stash. <laughs> clearly looking at all of this in a much more biased way. Um, I gave Stash a five because I didn't yeah, give that's or because, yeah, because I was going to give it the Finculus, but I didn't, you know? And the, the only reason I didn't is because this Stash kind of doesn't have like, it's weird, right? Like it doesn't have like peaks and valleys the way that Stash would now. Um, it just yeah, kind of goes patient. the whole it time, takes, which is it takes a really while to get to where it's trying to go. Yeah, um, but the, I mean, like stash is always fun. It's always um, reasonable. Well, for the most part, it's always good. The crowd participation kind of always sells stash, though. You know what I mean? Like, and and this one too. I don't know if you listen to the tapers um, version of it, but like, uh, the crowd is just—they love it. You know, and they always love to sing it, and it's always loud when you're there and stuff. Um, so I, I gave it a five. I, I, is it as good as some of the stashes I've seen? No, but I liked it a lot, a bunch. So, five. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely if you if you're gonna say it's a five because um, it is probably one of the yeah, it's definitely the most. I don't know. Not is it the most exploratory jam of the set? I guess no. Back on the train is. <laughs> <laughs> That's not that. Yeah, I mean it's. It, I guess it is in some ways the the biggest Explored like the biggest jam <laughs> in the set. Um, but yeah, I I feel like it. It definitely was one for me where I was like, this is. Above a four, I, I I felt that there was, you know, like you were saying about kind of, I, I appreciated the fact that it was a little bit more patient. And I think the the places in this show, and we're going to talk about them probably mostly, but actually beginning with set two, that there was a little bit of that from Trey of kind of laying back and letting the band sort of build a little bit more and then having him come in on top of it was sort of my favorite moments of the show because that, that they made me feel a little bit more like what's going on now. Um, and not so much, you know, what I expected coming into the show, to be honest with 2010 sort of being a little bit of a mystery to me as a year in terms of like not really knowing about it, you know, not listening to a ton of shows. And I was just sort of thinking it was going to be very song heavy and not, 
kind of nothing was going to jam. So I'm glad to hear stuff like this, but it still didn't really, you know, it just isn't up to the standard. I think that they're even going to get to like within the next couple of years, you know? So, um, that was kind of my, that's my rationale on that. But, um, our next track is sparkle. Mm hmm. This yeah. is the third version they would play out of five in the year. By the way, they played that was the what? fourth version of Stash out of eleven that they would do in twenty ten. Um, I gave Sparkle um, mm-hmm. an automatic four. Nice, I, me too. Yeah, feels like it's worth Whew, that. Finally, um, back on the same same page again. We're Ooh. back on the same page, doing our thing for one whole uh, song. I'm sure <laughs> for exactly a song. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's good. This is a good placement for it. Um, also feels pretty well executed. I feel like I'm tough on the execution of this song going forward. If we do songs, you know, if we do shows from, uh, the later period of the comeback, I'm a little bit like, uh, dubious about that because I'm like, can't just trade, figure it out or like why we have to listen (laughs) to this. But, um, this is good and uh, well played, well placed. Automatic four. It doesn't blow you away, but it's right where it needs to be. So yeah, yep, yeah. Uh, set closer for set one mm-hmm. is Chalk Dust Torture. All right. I personally, I mm-hmm. thought that it was a great set closer. I I thought that the placement police or placement patrol weren't even paying attention like they were they were in the crowd dancing you know what i mean like they were like oh this is so perfect like i'm having such a good time this is great it escalates really fast really early in the song into some fun jamming i gave chalk dust a four and a half interesting so Mm. i thought at a certain point you were sort of not into the fast chalk dust but then i think you said maybe that was it's slightly wrong but yeah, you know, because this almost has the it's, uh, yeah, it's got some tempo. It's it almost it's not quite at the late '90s where they were almost doing it like double speed, you know, <laughs> level. Like it's not quite that fast, but it's it's definitely got some tempo to it. I went on a four with this because I think oh Chalk Dust for me is is two different things. There's Chalk Dust, the song, and the torture of your ratings on my heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's Chalk Dust, the song that they can jam on and like do different things with. And there's like the other version of Chalk Dust, which is like what it normally was to begin with, which is what this is, which is the, you know, very fast, great performance ending set one, you know, like New Year's 1995 kind of thing. And I think um, I like all of those a lot. And maybe even in the 90s based on how insane it could get i would go beyond a four but feels like uh, right around there is the the good range um i don't know i i I don't i i like it a lot but it's not you know feels very automatic for to put a chalk dust at the end of this set and they closed they play chalk dust like so so often you know, in between oh nine and twenty fourteen, <laughs> I mean it's crazy. Like th- I mean there's fourteen versions this year and that includes they played it twice in one show, so if you wanna add. But uh, but Everybody it just be- talked us torture. Yeah, exactly. And 
Maybe you're right in the sense you should just always give any time Trey goes crazy an extra point five yes. spins. That's but, all I'm asking. Uh, <laughs> but I just think, uh, you know, we're, we're hitting, this is episode 16 here. You know, uh-huh. we're hitting a point where we've we've done a lot of these and maybe there's uh um I'm not there's no fatigue for, on my end. I I lo- I actually really liked th- uh listening yep. to this first set. It was I very mean, pleasant. No uh, and fun. no lessons to be learned on my side. Like I'm going to keep overrating everything. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So there was some contentious choices there uh fin-wise, but I think for set 2, let me see. I'm taking a peek well, here at my list. I think it gets Yeah, we're pretty good, I think, for I hope it gets better. Yeah, it definitely gets side, better. Obviously, it stays fine for mine. <laughs> Nobody is ever doubting that. Though. <laughs> it's not part of it. For our listeners who can email us at 5finsmailbag at gmail.com, mailbag at gmail.com. <laughs> and tell Kev to chill out. Man. And tell Kev that that was the greatest version of <laughs> he's got extra. He's performed. got extra fins lying around. He doesn't need <laughs> he them. Doesn't need <laughs> yes, we'll do the tally at the end of the show. Uh, but <laughs> I came in, I came in hot here, so we'll see. I think I ended up. Well, you came in cold. Some. You I came, came in hot, cold. <laughs> hot to my in. heart, cold, I wa- blooded. <laughs> I walked. I came in in the refrigerator and I came out in the freezer. <laughs> this is getting colder and colder. <laughs> That's my strategy. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we will have more fish. Action from July 2nd of 2010 in Charlotte, North Carolina. We will be back with more Five Fins after this short musical interlude. Welcome back to Five Fins. We've spent the entire break. It's the podcast from Down Under. (laughs) Doing things super professional, like practicing our New Zealand accents. (laughs) (laughs) Well, New Zealand is technically a colony of the uh, band that we're about to discuss. <laughs> I can't even do it. Because <laughs> I, I, it just, you know, it's like one of those, like, if you try, it gets worse, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Or my dad would try to do Irish, and at a certain point, you're like, you're doing pirate. You know, it goes from like, you just get into the pirate thing, and you're like, this isn't right. This like, is scallywag. Oh, what is that? Is that like, oh, I've got to go down to the Pope and do scallywag? It's a Jamaican accent. What what you sound like a leprechaun. We're not, uh, people don't tune in to hear us do accents, except maybe some of the time. Maybe the Finnish people do. Maybe they like our upstate (laughs) New York accent. 
We don't. We're not in charge. Also, of like what people what what <laughs> you know what, you know <laughs> we're gonna do what we're doing and and what we're doing is talking about set two from July second, twenty ten, performed by the band Fish Fish. How would you say it? Fish 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 and. We're never going to get through this. Then. We're on fire. Um, it opens with the song Drowned. It opens with the song Drowned. Drowned. <laughs> um, which is by the band The Who. The Who. Who? Uh, First base. The Who. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on their album Quadrophenia, which Fish covered for Halloween on their musical Boy. costume. Man. 1995, they continue to play the song Drowned. Um, great. What a so, cover, too. Jeez. Great Go cover. Ahead. Cool, great time to hear this. Um, we should just get this out of the way. Maybe specifically, uh, if you're on the live fish thing, back in this time, they still cut all of these things oh, into yeah. um, the song, and then it would say. So it says "Drowned" and then "Charlotte Jam." That has to do with some kind of copyright thing that they right. did on co- on covers specifically. Which obviously, either that, I don't know if it, it the copyright law changed or if how they approached it changed you <laughs> know because like money. the other well they, i was gonna say last night they played uh gold or what was it, a couple nights ago they played golden age for like 20 minutes but uh yeah so needless to say this is essentially really what it is is a 13 minute version of drowned um it's split into like an eight minute what is it eight minute and 11 second track and then uh the next one is five minutes or something along those lines or four minutes. Um, so Drown, uh, this is a great jam. Um, you know, in terms of talking about 2010, I think that, and and you and I both, I think, agreed at that, you know, there was, you know, there is sort of a deficiency maybe in some ways with the jamming of this period just because I think they were kind of coming back from the hiatus and they were still kind of finding their way. But I think in a jam like this, you can hear where they're going to get to. And, yeah. and and it's uh it's exciting to hear. It's you know, it's an interesting little little slice of that and again, excluding the whole difference between dra- drowned versus Charlotte Jam or whatever. Um, if you just look at this as a long version of drowned, which is what it is. Right. Um it's it's pretty good, you know, and I think it's it's not uh out of this world amazing, but it definitely uh has these moments and I think the thing that really struck me about this is uh first of all if you want to know the difference between type one and type two jamming this little uh you know stupid copyright <laughs> naming system is a good idea because like right around the right around when the track switches is kind of when the when it becomes you know a different type two kind of jam but also you know right in the charlotte jam track but like uh in the charlotte jam track on live fish like about the around the two and a half to 245 minute mark the jam begins to swell with the with uh, Paige and Mike and Fishman, and Trey has sort of backed off at this point, and I think it's kind of an interesting thing to hear because, especially coming off of, for me, hearing four nights of them playing live now on webcast, you know, you hear how now, of course, uh, the, you know, the whole show would be different, <laughs> obviously, and this jam would be different, <laughs> but... Um, one thing you really notice is specifically is like if something like this were happening, Trey would very much probably stop playing 
you know, and 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 sort of soak it in and then come in later. But Trey kind of doesn't do that at this point. You know, he's still playing all the time through everything and kind of, I think, orchestrating and leading the band. And so this is kind of the, the beginning, I think, of the, the other three guys asserting themselves coming out of the breakup, you know, being like, we can lead a jam with just, you know, sort of Paige and Mike and Fishman kind of doing their own thing. like this a lot i gave it six fins nice because i think it's a you know good example of what they can do in this period jam wise agreed um, but you know it also leads you to realize how great the things they can do now are as well so interesting to hear True. so yeah i personally gave drowned a five it could have easily scaled the finculus mountain for me but um i mean mostly because like when you talk about bands that fish does beans that fish does covers of, um, <laughs> don't you stay. I feel like it isn't it isn't it crazy how like you know any band you could you could go see a band at like your local bar or something that will do Who and Zeppelin covers, but to me seeing Fish do a Who song is like how some people feel about like Fish doing a Zeppelin song or something where you're just like or even the Beatles where you're just like man like I'm I'm never going to be able to see Pete Townsend or Dent Whistle and Keith Moon play worth noting that the Who are probably one of my favorite bands um and I think there's a couple parallels to be drawn between like the goofiness of their songs, their early songs especially, and like the way that they jammed um, to Fish. Clearly, Fish uh, also liked the Who, but um, Gordo and Fishman playing the Ent Whistle and Moon parts is just like a, a Who fan's wet dream. You know what I mean? Like, talk about two guys who could just do such a perfect impression of those two musicians. Um, and I don't think that I could pick a better combo at like making that sound a reality. And, and I love it so much. So I, I gave it a five. I could have given it more, but I just, I love any time that fish plays the who. Yeah. I, I, I agree with the fact that I think you, you, um, one thing that should be mentioned is I think page is a big who fan and i mm. know that and i know that mike um is i heard him interviewed where he talked about wanting to play with the who when oh yeah uh when john entwistle died and because like he had interviewed john entwistle for the that movie he did rising low um right. which was like right before i like i think right before john entwistle died so i think he's a big who person but i know because, you know, Paige, the whole thing is, like, Paige was never really, like, a dead 
right. guy that much. But he was he the Who and the Almonds were like his his people. I think the Who among the four of them, I think the Who are like probably one of the most you know revered band between the right. four of them. Because like, um, how could you not if you're that type of right. musician, right? How like could you not? Trey is yeah. a songwriter, a guitarist, and he's you know Pete Townsend is one of the. One of the uh, same with Trey, but like one of the most underestimated, um, in my opinion, like songwriter, guitarist people where like, you know, everyone knows Townsend for his guitar licks and stuff. And he's definitely revered as a great guitarist, but they don't always remember that he wrote like all of that stuff. He and could I feel like be... it's the same. With, I'd even yeah. go as far as to say he's underrated in both respects. He's both yeah. underrated as a guitarist yeah. and a songwriter. Fair. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, the, I, I agree with you though. I, I've, I've always, always loved Mike's vocals on Drowned. I always feel yeah. like he does a great job with it and it's not so he much. He even like, does the crack, which is crazy to me. Like yeah. he, he gets that cracking voice right every single time. And like the first time I heard the, that fish version, I was like, whoa, like he even does the impression there of Daltrey where like, cause Daltrey's voice cracks in that one yeah. part. And so he just does it himself. It's so genius. And, and, and we assume that like he's, yeah, it, it seems like obviously he must be aware that he's doing that too. You know, right. You know, so yeah. it's like drowned is, is, is fantastic. Um, and like I say, I feel, I appreciate the fact that the jam has this sort of quality that, you know, kind of carries, W- or, or or sort of carries the traits of like what's what's going to be you know the DNA of of going forward yeah. in fish jamming, but we're not quite there yet. Then our the next R. track is Forty Six Days. However, mm-hmm. uh, Forty Six Days sound drop is a song I like very much. Um, Dan, what did you rank Forty Six Days? I went with a four point eight. Um, now I did this because it it there's like a, a moment of it like kind of dips away for a little bit uh the sound and uh like the 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 jam itself but it does ramp back up pretty quick into the 3.0 sound and i would say that uh the tray scream is really good which was very tempting for me to give it a five but this was one that my um illogical uh thinking led me to give it less than a five uh, so that's what I went with was a 4.8. Your logical thinking wins out again. Uh, <laughs> Always does. Yeah, I I went with a um, I'm with a four on this. Um, I like the coming out of the the drowned uh, jam that they you know at this point there still was sort of the the idea that that was like a huge monumental jam in a way that now based on how often they play things kind of like that or, or things adjacent to that, it would be like, we can try to top that. And then it feels to me a little bit like in this mini little period of the show that we lose a little, a little bit of momentum here. Um, but at the same time, it's not, it's not so bad. Like I, I I think, um, you can, you can, you know, in in I mentioned it in the drown jam that you can hear a little bit of what's going on, and then you know, gonna be happening going forward with fish jamming, and you hear a little bit of this in Forty Six Days too. 
Um, 46 days as a second set like jam vehicle is actually weirdly like hit or miss. I, I love 46 days as a song, and it's one of those ones that can kind of work in any slot. You know, it can close yeah. a set, it can open a set, it can be in the middle, it can be in the first set, the second. You know, um, <laughs> and like as we've seen. It, yeah, exactly. And I saw in uh, 2013, I saw 40 uh, drown go into 46 days at SPAC. So they, you know, I think they're in the same key. So that's that's part of it. But you know, it it works in this slot. It's pretty good. Um, I it's a, it was slow. It's slower than it normally is, but that didn't uh, detract from me. And I liked the little vocal jam bit yeah. at the end of it. Uh, <laughs> that was sort of very sneaking Sally through the alley type type <laughs> vibe. Like 46, 46 days, 46. And yeah, and Trey's scream was really good, right? Like that's a. Yeah. Yeah. So you went with 4.8. So you're really, you are really Mm -hmm. feeling it. If Trey screams, I'm, I'm in, you know what I mean? If he does the 46 days, like (laughs) if he does that, I, I could give it, he could, he could set his guitar down for the rest of this, like the (laughs) song and I just wouldn't care. Oh man. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously that's a stretch. He is. That's hyperbolic. Those 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 uh, guitar notes coming. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Backing up, backing up. Our next track is twenty years later. Mm -hmm. Wow, twenty years later. So a couple things. One, I thought was interesting. We're talking about we didn't do a full on like setup for the era, but twenty ten. So the newest album that Fish had done at this point was still uh, Joy. It's twenty Which years later, a new song. Well, it came out on two thousand nine. In, on, no, in, on Joy in two thousand nine. No way. Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> uh, what? Oh my god! I legitimately thought that it was an old song. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, so that you know. has the opposite effect of back on the train. Or um, yeah, back yeah, on the train. Back on the train. That one yeah. you think is new. That's hilarious. Jeez. Um, but so with with uh, twenty. If you want to make fun of me not knowing the dates of uh, <laughs> different fish releases, please send us an email at <laughs> fivepinsmailbag at gmail dot com. Please. If you want to send a link to Dan of the fish dot net debut charts, send it <laughs> fivepinsmailbag. Actually, send it directly to his email at bleep dot bleep at bleep dot com. Um, Noob at newbie man. <laughs> anyway, the uh, twenty years later is uh, is is very good. I mean, I, one thing about twenty years later I really like is that it sort of uh, has or, or the thing I like about it the most is sort of the long crazy outro. Uh, one thing I like yeah. about it the absolute least <laughs> is that line, and I don't usually get this way with lyrics, but for some reason. When Trey sings that line where he says, Five days without food is as long as I'll go. I can hold my breath for a minute or so. 
days with afternoon is as long as I'll go. That, with the way he says food, just really bugs me for some reason. Like, it feels very, like, you shouldn't sing the word food in a song. Like, have you ever heard a good song and somebody's like, food? Like, it's just, I don't know. I've There's just something heard about people it. singing about food. But they didn't say the word food. They didn't say like the word food. food. They said it tastes just like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't know why the five days with that food, like it, it just hits me like a like a slap in the face. But then <laughs> the song itself, I really like. The outro is really good. It's in like ten, ten four, <laughs> ten four, yeah. good buddy. Uh, it's in I think like <laughs> ten four signature, and it's just sort of a I, I don't know. It, it it's a really cool song. It's kind of been. It was one of those that I think like around this like twenty ten through twenty. I sound like Bill Simmons. You know, the 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013 range. It it had sort of a, you know, it was being played more often and felt like it was going to be a bigger deal. And I think it's gotten buried amidst a lot of the newer songs that have been written. And by newer, I mean stuff that now goes back. God help us, like, six or seven years. (laughs) Nevertheless, uh, I like this. uh, Yeah, 20 years later is is a song I... I think is pretty swell. I think this version's okay. It's the third version out of six they did in 2010, and I gave this four fins. Wow, jeez! You can borrow my fins, man. If you just like don't want to spend <laughs> fins, like if if you just don't want to, you know what I mean? Like I'll 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 front you. Like I I got you. No no no. This is why I'm rich. Is because I'm. This. I, I thought we yeah, agreed. I'm clearly, these are Scrooge. Um, I I thought of 20 years later as another. It's another one of those songs that like the jam is so um transformative not in like a sonic way like in terms of uh moving into like type two stuff but like you can like the way that trey plays the solo in 20 years later it just like sucks you in in a way that uh like you just forget how long it's been you know what i mean like and then you look at the time after the show or after you listen and you're like wow that was that's it it was only that long like it felt like much longer in a good way um, and I, I feel yeah. like it's definitely one of those songs, especially the versions that we've seen personally, I feel like we're really just like, you know, and this one, this one is not those versions. You know what I mean? Like the, the new years, 20 years later that we saw is like one of the coolest jams I think I've ever seen. But, um, I, <laughs> I, Every time I said, he says yes. one of the best things. He's <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, I did give it a five though. I thought that the uh, this one had some really fun peaks, and uh, I love peaking fish. I love peaking fish, um, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I I hyperbolically gave it a five. But I just I just love this song, and it's it always feels like a good harbinger in a set. Like if you see twenty years later, you know everything that happens after that is gonna sound pretty good. Yeah, well you know, um, yeah, yeah. Well you know, I mean the thing, yeah, because. No, I think you're right. I mean, 20 years later is what's funny about it again is like it's sort of that's a good point where you it's sort of the same. It's not it's not a it's not an exploratory jam, but it's sort of the same every time in some ways. But it yeah, that's sort of very like a little bit uh, to draw a parallel to a band <laughs> we've talked about before on the podcast um, that it has a little bit of the of a little bit like the end of Terrapin Station. Oh like, man! Boom, boom, Full circle. Boom. Now Kev's you talking know. about the dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not Dark Star, but that sort of um, 
Um, you, know. you know, the very end part of, of Terrapin, you know, that's it sort of um, mm-hmm. breaks down to that riff. <laughs> years later it's one of those tracks that just i'm it's weird i'm not I'm tempted to say it's underrated i don't know if that's oh well, maybe properly rated f- yeah, yeah but it's you know yeah, but no, it's, you're it's right. underplayed it a little it's, it's, bit like i think yes. it's you know underutilized I agree with that. it's it's it underutilized be, but definitely yeah. properly it's like properly rated by the fan base i feel like there's enough momentum behind hearing 20 years later where you're like i agree this is this this is Good. This is good enough compared to like other tracks on Joy too, like right Alaska and stuff that people don't. You and I Idiots. are more into that, but like, but like <laughs> something like twenty years later, even like the die, like even like maybe people who are cold on that are like, yeah, that track's kind of cool. It's kind of spacey. Yeah, like Zeppelin-y at the end. You know, our next track is one everyone likes. Is one. <laughs> hey, you name me a jaded vet that doesn't like this bad boy. The next track <laughs> is the lizards. This is the first version out of three that they did in 2010. I, I, I is the lizards ever not amazing? Like, is there a? I gave it a five. Version? I yeah, gave it a five, Dan. Yeah, did of course, get, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, five. Is the lizards? Um, it. I don't think that there's ever a lizards I've heard where I've been like, oh man, this this wasn't good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think. <laughs> they can do that with this song. Like it's just such a fun, perfect song. And it has that whimsicalness of the early fish where, you know, and Rutherford jumps in forgetting that his suit of arms will surely weigh him down. And so he sinks and then it's just so much fun. <laughs> it it's really great in this period sometimes now they're a little bit more deliberate through some of these composed sections. Yeah, and uh, Trey sometimes feels like has that little bit of walking on eggshells feel of like uh, he's he usually does a really good job with the composed sections, but then there's like little moments where there could be like a colossal fuck up. Uh, but with something like in 2010, they're playing this at a good clip, and it just sounds great, you know, yeah. and it's very confident oh, in it. And I think, I think when they came back. Um, it seems to me like there's a lot of emphasis placed on them nailing those composed sections. You know, they came back and their first song they played was Fluffhead, which they hadn't done even in the whole 2.0 era. You know, so there was kind of this idea of like them, I think, being dialed into that side of them and really being like a big piece of what this was, was this tightly wound composed band. And I think in some ways, uh, you know, their comeback from the from the breakup was you know very much mirrored what happened to them earlier in their right. career where they were this tightly wound at least the beginning of the 90s this very tightly wound composed band that was like like learning and learning how to get looser and looser and more like other stuff you deeper, know just more deeper exactly <laughs> way way down and we're still in this period where i think they are you know, they're in whatever, you know, the 1992 version of their comeback, if that makes sense, you know, <laughs> of <laughs> them. They're still not quite, you know, they, they're they very tightly wound and tightly composed. And for stuff like The Lizards, this works so well. But like you say, I mean, you know, if you 
if you throw a throw a dart at a version of lizards, you're gonna hit a good one. It's not like a very, it's not like one of those that has a lot of variation and it's the uh, it's, uh, it's like the carnival game where you have to pop the balloons and they give you a dart yeah. and it's just a wall of balloons. Yeah, it's just one gigantic. Like if you balloon. miss, then that's on you. That's not on. <laughs> just any, one. That's not on the carny. Like he knew what he got into. Did I ever tell you that my dad was a friends with a guy who was a professional dart guy? He was in the World Series of Darts, and he got yes, thrown out of the carnival because that. he he with the balloon game. Because the guy was like, "Look, man, what do you what do you want? Just you have to like yeah, you have to just go. Tell me, just give just <laughs> give, what do you what?" And he said, "I want that giant stuffed lizard." <laughs> Our next track is Carini. I had a tough time yeah. with the ranking here, only because this feels like this could have been a really great version of Carini. Um. But the band has other intentions, which mm-hmm. are amazing. With that said, I, you know, how I mentioned with the fire alarm show that I was like, I gave it a 3.8 because I was like, I feel like they only played <gasps> that amount. Oh my God. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened here. Um, I think I gave that around the same amount. So. Um, it did this. This is fine, but it just feels like I mean, it's literally a five-minute version of Karini. By the time you uh-huh. realize they're playing Karini, it's already over. Um, so, oh gosh, <laughs> I went with three point eight on Karini. What do you? Wow, think? jeez, man, <laughs> jeez, you need more candy or something. Um, I don't I know gave no. I maybe you need less candy. <laughs> you had too much candy. <laughs> Um, I actually semi-combined the next two songs, um, but I gave both of them separate ratings of six. Uh, I thought that around like the four-minute mark, it this one has like a feel to me of like the Live Fish um, 10 show with Midnight Rider, where like, sure, they're they're playing simple and stuff, but like. You know, they they switch it up, and you're like, "All oh, right, this is freaking great!" And like, yeah, of course, Karini could have been longer. And uh, now that we know the things we know about where Karini <laughs> I mean, can it's go, not, it's not even six minutes long, so you're giving it more fins than minutes. That it actually yes, is yes, long. I am. The, I, I you know, I I live in a okay. world with where where the 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 electric vehicle has been perfected. You know what I mean? Like that is. This is more, it's like reverse of a boat where a boat is like gallons to mile. Mine is, mine is fins to minute, right? Like I, I, okay. I go a little high sometimes, but if I could combine the two, I would give it the same. I would still give it a six. Like, I feel like it's a combined effort, this song and the next one. Yeah. I mean, it is a good transition between this and the next one. I can't like like it's not a it's this like this version of Karini is like not a version of Karini. It's almost like they play Karini 
and then the jam starts to heat up and then it goes into something where mm-hmm. I think if they came back out into Karini, then I yeah, would look yeah. at the original one and be like, oh, I need to, which is kind of a weird thing, I, I'll admit. No, you know. I mean, it's but fair, though. I get what you're saying. This just feels like it's not like, like if, we're ju- if I'm just rating this, I'm going to go low, but I'm not going to go low on what happened. So, so they go from Karini, <laughs> and then the next track they play, it's called F*** Your Face. Excuse me? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll bleep that. <laughs> I did bleep one thing one time on here, so maybe I can actually do it. I think that'd be kind of funny. be like Arrested Development. You should just try <laughs> to get a soundbite of um, Mike saying fuck so that it's just like, our next song is Fuck Your Face. <laughs> It's bleeped, but it's not bleeped at all. It's worse. <laughs> so this is, without question, probably the most notable thing about this show. I will admit that <laughs> when I was looking up this show on, on Livefish, um, I had it saved, but the quickest way I would get there is I would just <laughs> search fuck on because <laughs> it was the first one that would pop up. Um the main thing that should be noted about this, right, is that at the time, and I believe to this day, this is the largest bust out in wow. fish history, um, wow. which is kind of like an amazing achievement in a lot of ways. Although I think. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, that's fucking crazy, though. That really is fucking crazy. The last time that they had played Fuck Your Face was. April 29th of 1987, which is 1,418 shows for those kids back at home. Um, Oh, my God. It's also worth noting that that the only time before this that Fuck Your Face had ever been played was a show at Nectar's on that date, which I mentioned in Fuck Your Face was the encore. Um, That was the only time, once in 1987. And that is the only time it was ever played. You know, since then, there's been, we've had a pretty steady diet <laughs> of Fuck Your Faces, uh, including <laughs> last year at Bethel, it, it showed up. So it's been around. Um, it's really well played here, and it comes out of uh, Carini really well. And uh, just Fuck Your Faces is a really funny song. I mean, it comes, it's, it, 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 its origin is the white tape, which is the. Right. Sort of famous fish tape that was the, uh, you know, they're basically like their demo tape to give out to uh, places to have them play, which always makes me laugh because it's like the weirdest shit they've ever done <laughs> in their whole life. It's on that tape. Um, nevertheless, apparently it worked at the time, um, and I'm glad it did. But yeah, but uh, fuck your face is like a very early Mike Gordon song, um, and it's uh, you know, it's got a filthy name. It's great mm-hmm. in college. The day you find out Fish has a song called "Fuck Your Face" in college is a fantastic day. Yeah, like I'm highly and then you listen to it, and you're like, um, "Oh my gosh!" Fuck your 
Nah, hi, I've been. I, mean, I didn't take I my own pants off. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I gave this seven fins. I, uh, I love. I love the song. It's a good placement of it. And how can I not give more than one extra fin to the biggest bust out in fish yeah. history? So I, th- I think I'm, yeah. For FYF. <laughs> I, I'm going to agree with you and actually take uh, a, a fin away from my Karini rating of six and bring it down to a five and then pop uh, fuck your face up to a seven as well. So my fins don't change, but they do change you know i think i think that is uh, an appropriate rating uh a seven so you're going with seven on uh you're going with seven on on fyf <laughs> and going mm-hmm. with five okay well there you go but i just wanted to uh mention that sucking in the 70s is the sixth official compilation album by the rolling stones <laughs> released in 1981 according to wikipedia uh <laughs> in case you're curious yes sucking in the 70s is an actual album by the Rolling Stones. Hi, I'm Bill. I'm the guy who does the cover art for the Stones Ryan sucking Bill. in the 70s. You'll see. Um, <laughs> Punk rock. <laughs> uh, I love that line. Just, uh, just always worth it. Indicative of a very early, jokey, kind of crazy version of the band. And so this show has a little bit of that even more to come. That also explains why the crowd goes fucking insane when they start playing it. My name's Kev. I'm the guy who does the art for the Five Fans podcast. The next track also sprocked Zarathustra, also known as 2001. This is the fifth version they would do out of uh, 12. By the way, they technically did uh, four versions of Fuck Your Face. Uh, there was one show where they did, kind of did it twice, so <laughs> so in this year, but uh, but yeah, definitely more versions of uh, of two thousand and one. Uh, with a four point two on two thousand one, okay, that's pretty good. One thing that I actually thought was kind of weird about this, like, and and maybe this is my own weird bias or something, but like, <laughs> um. I almost thought this song was a little too fast and too frenzied oh. for my own taste. While that, while I did, there was some good jamming in it and I liked it. And it's always like, it's always right when they go into it in a fish show, just the moment where they go into 2001 is always like an amazing moment if you can get it. But, you know, they, they were playing so fast and so, like, there's, there's almost moments where like, I, like, for example, the first time they go into the banana, like build up thing, like Trey totally yeah. fucks up the first couple notes. Cause I don't <laughs> think he knows where that they're going into it that fast. And, uh, Fishman who we haven't really mentioned this whole show, but should is hauling ass. It's like just playing, just playing out of his mind. And even a beat like this, that's very static, like sort of the same static beat that's still really hard to maintain at the clip he's doing it. And, and it's, it's impressive to listen to. And that's one of the things about the band is that at the, at the band in 2010, especially is like how impressive they are at playing at the tempos that they're at. But yes. Um, yeah. I'm with four, 4.2. I like, I think the, uh, almost like the slower and funkier and jammier 2001 gets the higher my score will be. But I, I think the floor is about like a four, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, Agreed. Took most of it, what? What time is it right now? It took until two in the morning, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> we agree. The podcast will continue. <laughs> <laughs>
I did give 2001 a five, of course. It's kind of an auto five for me. Like, it's the same as Lizards or something where, like, yeah. I just, it would have to be bad. Like, it would have to be real bad for me to be, like, upset. Although I could, I mean, like, technically I could find ways to, you know, take points away from 2001 based on Fins. how, like, you know, different versions we've seen Fins. or different versions that have been <laughs> exact. The next song, though, I feel like is a really good example of what I was saying earlier where, like, there's, they just they seem to like really especially Trey seems to really be nailing the compose sections of things. Yeah, good stuff. Um, 2001 solid but short. Then we end up with you enjoying myself to close out set two. Um, you talk about an automatic five for 2001. I was like that. I was actually thinking about this with the M. I'm like. Yeah, I, it's one of the, like, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, there's things you can be critical of, and I enjoy, you know, the banter on this podcast and just in general of thinking about different things with them and what this could be and what this could be. I mean, if you're doing a set closing, you enjoy myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, where we're talking about... Al, here's splitting the hairs song. Here. The guy... Mike, when you when you look at it, when you look at it, it sucks. <laughs> this is this here's the song. I uh, this is the fifth version out of fifteen that they did in twenty ten. It's funny. Uh, so this is the most performed song. The set closure of set one uh, was shocked us. That had fourteen plays. So both of these songs are pretty standard. If you could say for 2010 through 2012, I think, or sorry, through from uh, tw- 2009 through 2012, kind of like set one, like, you know, these are probably the most standard set closers of that period without having done that specific research. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, if you could pick, it's like, what did they end set one with? Ah, probably something like Jock Dust Torture. What did they end set? Yeah, probably something, you know. So it's not like a, these are not rare songs or. Uh, and you enjoy myself is the least rare song, the most performed song. Um, but yet, I think in, in since the breakup, it still somehow re- maintains this mystique, uh, which is amazing considering how yeah. often they still do it. And and what's funny is like uh, that totally works. I think for like people like you and I who came on right at like in the period immediately following this show, like twenty, you know, late twenty ten, twenty eleven, like like you enjoy myself still has this sort of this sort of power to it. And I, I love it. I gave it five fins. It's great. And we have a whole conversation to have about the vocal jam, but, but, but what did you think about the bulk of the performance of you enjoy myself? I gave you enjoy myself a six. Um, and, I agree with everything that you said about the, the how it feels and everything in a show and like it the mystique of it and everything and like when we saw it second uh, second song or in that new that one that New Year's show in 2011 like it just felt like the band had never played it before like the crowd just reacts the same way every time where it's just like it feels like a bust out or something and like everyone just goes nuts so I'll just jump right into the the last part. Uh, the tapers version of this cut off the vocal jam. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, I was offended. (laughs) I had nothing to do with that for the record for people out there. (laughs) I was not 
this is a this is a good vocal jam too. This isn't even like a too much type did you, vocal did jam. Did you listen to the vocal jam? Did you yeah. specifically Okay, good. You of course. S- sought it out. It's fantastic. It you know it actually is very enjoyable and and um as an anti vocal jam person it starts out kind of like in the same vein but then they get into the whole get back thing and what really struck me is the first time I was listening to it um or actually not even the first time I was listening to it the second time I was listening to the show I was th- especially the second set I was clearing snow out of my driveway <laughs> with a snowblower <laughs> by the way the listening to twenty years later. Operating a yeah. snowblower, highly recommend. Just throw yeah, it's good snowblower. It's a snowblower core. Um, <laughs> Still upside down, but <laughs> just wrestling with like it, uh, right now as I speak, it's uh, it's absolutely dumping snow all over my driveway. So you know, <laughs> it, was, it was all for naught. No, but uh, I was sort of done, you know, and like the set was winding up. I was or winding down, and I was listening to uh, to the vocal jam. It's like, wow, I got to give it a listen. And uh, the when they started doing the get back stuff, I was like sort of interested because I remember seeing that on the set list. And then I'm I'm was really I found it laugh out loud hilarious that like while they're doing get back, like the other three guys are doing get back fishman starts doing dong work for yuda the uh <laughs> the fi- frank zappa song from joe's garage um yeah and you can very like like at first i was like wait what i zap like i was like fishman's doing something i recognize but i don't know what and i rewound it and i just heard that you know like give the guy <laughs> what is it <laughs> give the guys a, get the guys need to take give the dozen guys a shower they need a dozen guys a towel they need to take a shower that and i was like <laughs> oh shit he's doing exactly <laughs> He's such a, uh, you know, him, him and Trey, but I think especially even Fishman is such a huge uh, Zappa fan, which probably yeah. makes sense also considering, I mean, he's talked about like he was also really into guitar as a kid, but like, you know, I imagine he was influenced by some of those amazing Terry Bozio, you know, and some of the amazing uh, drummers that that Zap had moving through his bands, but the fact that yeah, he's doing the uh, dong work for you to there's uh, I looked it up too on .net. Uh, I clicked on it. No, no other versions. This is the only dong work for you to be <laughs> found. Um, you know, Joe's Garage is an amazing album. You and I were driving through. Uh, uh, Pennsylvania on our cross country trip listening yeah. to it. Our mama uh, was screaming, Turn it down. Yeah, there's there's are there things on there that don't age well? Absolutely there are. But yeah, that's uh, you Frank know, including including the cover. Including the including the album cover. But you know you know it's it's uh, it's it's worth a listen even it's if satire. there's some some cringe. There's uh, this satire, people. Just you know. Um he was a he was a smart man. Uh <laughs> that is the end of set two. Our mm. encore is a song oh, called oh. The Day in the Life. God damn. This is a song by the band The Beatless. We've talked about them before. They've come up a lot yeah. for a very obscure They seem to. I don't know where they, uh, where I, 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 I don't know where Fish found this band. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, you know, Beatles? it's crazy to Beatles? think that, like, they got this, this band, the, the, B, 
the Atlas for, you know, and they've done so many. I wish I'd known about them before because, wow, their songwriting must have just been out of this world. Yeah. I, uh, what would you, would you rank? Uh, oh, a five. I, I would struggle to give. It's the same for me as like a Who song where like I don't know of a band that I would want to see live now cover the Beatles more than I would want to see like fish covering the Beatles because I just think that they could do such a real version of that cover you know what I mean like it would just feel it would there's no kitschiness to it really like they cover a day in the life and um it sounds good like I I'm not sure that I could think of a band that um could do such a uh genuine cover in that way despite their vocal dif- uh, deficiencies in terms of like you know the Paul McCartney and John Lennon are not uh, slouches when it comes to singing they <laughs> they're pretty good um, breaking news so but I really do think that Fish just does such a um, like true cover and like a heartfelt cover that it it makes the song just so perfect for me every single time. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, I uh, that that's that's pretty much the way I feel. I also gave it a five. I, yeah. One thing to me is like you brought up the vocal thing. Um, for some reason on this version, it really hit me how great it is. That I may have even mentioned this before on here, but how great it is that they do the thing where it's like when when Trey comes in on what would have been Paul McCartney's yeah bit, Paige doesn't sound like John, and Trey doesn't really sound like Paul. But for some reason, when they both do both of those parts, it kind of reminds you of the original one, and I don't know how right. that works. I don't know how that how they, you know how that works within the band of just them figuring that I mean I did, obviously I guess I know how it probably works you know we've been in bands right it's just like you just they do they run through it ten times and the you know the right. ninth time yeah, he's like just, hey, wait I'll know. sing this part oh, oh we'll sing this together and then like yeah. just, just and, one of them and, comes and in it's like oh actually just uh, you just sing that you know it's something right. like that but and doing um, the Beatles right like that's that's a bold move because especially yeah, <laughs> I think you can say about um fish the the fish fans is that like you know, we have a pretty good taste in music in general. You know what I mean? And Fish obviously does as well. Um, <laughs> and so they're going to be more uh, judgmental about something like that. And I just, it's bold and they, they pull it off. Like you'd have to really try to pull off. You you just have to try to pull off Beatles song. Like you can't just play the Beatles. Otherwise you just sound like a, the crappy cover bands that exist. No offense to those people. They're doing a good job. Yeah, it's and even if you tr- even if you do it in a way that's different, like you know, if you play like you know a Beatles cover, but it's like you know an acoustic, right? You know, or like or like if you do something where it's a little more stripped back, or it's like a totally different arrangement, or like which is <laughs> you know not at all. They're they're pretty much doing almost like I guess you could say for yeah. a rock band like the straightest possible version of this and song. And they do like the Oz, right? Like that part. How awesome is that in the crowd? But the crowd's just like ah, uh, yeah, just like oh man, that's yeah. So the cool. part that became Hush that that Deep Purple yeah, song I, Hush. The, I agree with you. This is just a five, and and I that's a really good. When I like how you pointed that. It's like it's just bold to do. It's just yeah. Bold. To, to like, no, 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 guys, we're doing a Beatles cover to end this. Like, it's like, 
Oh, what Beatles song are we doing? Are we doing like any right. Beatles song that isn't a day in the life? And so, no, yeah. we're doing a day in the life. It's uh, It reminds me of hearing like Brad Sands talk about when they were like going to do the Grateful Dead cover. It's like Jerry on the anniversary of Jerry's death. And he was like, you know, well, which one are you going to do? And Trey said like, wow, we were thinking about Terrapin. And he's like, Jesus, good Terrapin. Yeah. <laughs> of right, all the yeah. ones you could pick, you're going to do yeah, that. Just like, yep. And then <laughs> it's like, then they, you know, they're fish, you know, so they, <sighs> they, 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 they know what they're doing. Um, no, it's, yeah, it's great. And I mean, it's a great way to end the show. I wanted to ask you, um, as a concluding thing before I talk about what show we're going to do next, which I'm ex- really excited about to talk about for, for yourself. I know we've been doing these, uh, we've been trying to, you know, al- we've been doing the alternating between new shows and old shows and we've been trying to not repeat years. So this was like one that was available and you mentioned that you picked it for the wait not for the not for the fuck you 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 picked it for the vultures right for my own enjoyment yes which i appreciate um but did uh did this period or did this hearing a 2010 show like this did it take you by surprise or were you yeah still pretty into this because i know you're you're mr you're mr right post breakup so i know you're yeah yeah it was one of those things where it like took me back in in a lot of ways where like you know the the uh, i will never take back my 2019 stance um (laughs) i wouldn't want you to yeah and so i I, it is just like amazing to me because like you know our my favorite show uh darian 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 it's a lot like this show in, in some ways where like there's not a lot of exploratory jamming, but the jamming that's happening is just it's such a fun feeling. And it definitely this show specifically put me back in that like college feeling where it was like, you know, you're listening to because like when I would go on walks and runs and stuff and like listen to fish shows that I was downloading, um, that's yeah. how it felt where it was like, you know. Or because I was just and like the uh, live bait it's stuff like, too. This yeah. might have been one of the ones you were hearing, yeah. For possibly, like, yeah. And yeah. it's just <laughs> like you know, you you just are like, wow, this is so cool that I'm listening to this band. And uh, if I had known what they would become now, I, whew, I don't know. That's just so cool. It was such a nice feeling. So that was great. But I I do think that the jamming now is just so spectacularly special that it is above reproach in a lot of ways even though people <laughs> seem to venture to other things but i don't know i don't know what they're listening to because man <laughs> yeah it's funny with the um jamming stuff because something like karini into the fuck your face like as awesome as that is based on the bust out quality of it and then maybe we didn't even spend enough time on like how insane that was till like 1987 to to 2010 to hear that but like as insane as that was, you would hear, you would think about like Karini now being like, they would never play Karini that short, even if they were going to transition into something else. You know what I mean? Like it would be another, (laughs) it would be another, at at least another 10 minutes long. Like, like it'd be 15 minutes, like at the bare minimum. And so I think, yeah, it, it, that, that part of it gets a little bit hard on the ranking thing where you're like you're looking at stuff but i like i you know i i feel the uh, yeah i enjoy going back to this period and i feel what you're saying about the whole nostalgia factor of that i had that when we did the 2012 and 2013 shows where i'm like there's just part of this like i just remember listening to this style of them when i was first getting into them because those were like the new shows you know and like you had a bunch of stuff downloaded and 
whatever and like we would we would listen to all this stuff and like you know it's it's fun it's fun to go back to but uh you know i know i disappointed you with some of the rankings but part of that is because i feel like it's okay to look at back at this and like feel that nostalgic quality and like like some and, and honestly and honestly be into the sort of uh, the tightness of some of the composed sections and so of some of the earlier tracks that they're doing, you know, some of the earlier songs they're doing. But when you go back to like, or when you think about their jamming compared to now, it's, it's kind of not that close. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's really different. And so I think like, you know, it, it becomes a thing where I feel compelled to be like, I can't give Karini a bunch of fins like I just can't even if like even if I kind you know, I let I don't mind it or something you know um so that's kind of the ideological difference but you know what we've we've discussed it before I often lose on this podcast so I think I've lost again <laughs> <laughs> if it, if if winning is spending fins I will never lose <laughs> at the end of the day we began or let's say okay at the beginning we you began with 21.1 fins I began with 27.6 and you gained an entire fin, one entire fin. Congratulations, man! You know, I'd, you. I'd like to first of all, I, I gotta thank God. Yeah, and my my pit crew. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I had twenty seven point six. I ended with thirty four. You so monster! I gained some more uh, to my. <laughs> to my Not to even my, trying. Myself. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> to listen to this, I don't need to try. It comes naturally. Never tell me the odds. Never. <laughs> um, we hope you enjoyed the March episode of Five Fins, and I would like to personally invite you to check out our next selection. We're going way back in the time machine, Dan. Oh. We're going. This is going to be a good one. It's a three-setter. So, oh. you know. 94? This is from... Oh, no, sir. This is from earlier than that. This is from... February 6th, 1989. Oh, wow. 1989 at the front, the legendary The Front, Burlington, what? Vermont. Oh, boy. The oh, band wow. in its original oh, setting. Oh, wow. In its original place, in one of its, outside of its, outside of Nectar is probably the most important club it played. Jesus. Um, there's a lot of uh, history with this show. There's a lot going on, a lot of covers, a lot of cool stuff. A lot I can't of wait to cover it. Me and it's going to be so much fun. Um, that's going to be the episode that goes up in April. Oh, my goodness. You're going to want to hear that one. You're going to want to hear that. Strap strap in. Put your seatbelt on. <laughs> you better put your seatbelt on. Seatbelt, right. helmet, everything. Safety first. Safety first. <laughs> on that note, we bid you good night here on Five Fins. Thank you so much for listening. Again, it is a joke, but it's also very serious. If you'd like to email us, please. <laughs> Please do. Please. I think we've been doing this gag for like eight episodes and there's been zero we emails mean it. and it makes us really sad. You can just, you can email us to tell us to stop talking about the email. You can, you know, That's we're fine. open to that kind of thing. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, nobody likes a sad book. You know, we're going to cry. <laughs> it's going to get in our fur. Our fur is going to get all matted because we're crying in our fur. You know. <laughs> Five fins mailbag at gmail.com. P-H-I-V-E-P-H-I-N-S mailbag at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Anybody who is there, tune in next month. And we love you very much. And we will see you next time on Five Fins. Bye. Bye. Jinx. You owe me a beer. <laughs>
Thank you.